Oh, my stomach hurts. Um, yeah. So it's Saturday. It is August um, 27th. And today has been a really good day. And a really weird day to navigate mentally because I, you know, was having some grievances about my job, not my salon, but where I work on the weekends. And I was all prepared for this to be my last day. Uh... And leaving and packing up all my shit and and leaving, but that didn't happen, which I'm glad. Um, And I learned kind of a lot about, and of course I fire up a podcast when I have to get out of the car. I have to get gas. I'm meeting up with a friend and her husband and her other friend, and hopefully my friend Dan. Um, And we're going to some place in Woodstock to watch a 90s tribute cover band, so it's pretty cool. Excited about that. Always love seeing uh, live music. So I was like, hell yeah. Sign me the fuck up. Um, So I'm going to be doing that. They built a new gas station right across the street from a gas station on Route 47, which I always think is hilarious because it's just like if you needed any more of a sign for late stage capitalism I think that's it. Because it's like the BP was doing just fine. I understand it's growing out here, but it's just like really, there's literally not anything else that you could build here to supplement the community. It just has to be a dueling gas station. Which is interesting. So I'll be right back, actually. I'm going to pump this gas. I'm going to go pee. And I will be right back. Okay, so... I uh, was talking a lot of shit about that gas station. And I have to say that I was pretty impressed with it. Because they are pretty... It's pretty snazzy for a gas station. I thought I saw some nice ones, but gas stations are on some new shit because they're like, they're like a, I can't, they're like basically a supermarket now. And like this one, like they had self checkouts, which was impressive. And when you go to pump the gas and you know how you clip that little lever to keep the gas flowing instead of pushing it out you are pulling it in I was like damn that's pretty cool so yeah um but anyway so today I was just prepared to like quit my job I was I I went in with like okay you feel this way you feel the, the way you do about things like your feelings are valid. And I went in with a lot of, um, I tried not to be, um, uh, so guarded too. I didn't want to do that. And it's hard for me not to do that. I, I, I'm realizing now the way I react to certain things, it's definitely, I don't want to call it a trauma response, but it's definitely a defense mechanism for sure. And I don't understand why, but it's like, I have to build up a wall and be, and, 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 and come off or, or build up this, um, resistance when I'm feeling threatened, which is, you know, it sounds, you know, when I speak it out loud, it sounds normal, right? Because it's like, it's a defense mechanism. It's like a response based off of how I'm feeling about things. But it's, it's not like, you know, some people probably can just feel some type of way and be open with those feelings, feel upset or feel, um, snubbed or feel, whatever. And I'm not saying that I'm not necessarily saying that's been done, but just like feel that way and just be 
open, like fluid and I don't know if you want to call it receiving energy or just dealing, interacting with the person or that has done the problem. And I know confrontation is really hard for a lot of people. So I know that's definitely a huge factor, but, um, so, you know, I worked all day and then my boss came in and I was, I was, I was feeling resistant. I was feeling not angry, but just like close off and very, not aggressive. I don't want to say aggressive because I wasn't trying to like lash out, but just very like, you know, don't fuck with me, dude. Like I'm mad. Like uh, I'm upset. I'm going to. And I don't know where that resistance is coming from. I don't understand it. Like, it's like I feel like I have to be that way in order to have a comfort, a, con, a conversation that I have to defend myself. I don't know. It's really weird. So, like, so, like, we ended up talking and I was really happy because she really did listen and she did have a lot of good points and you know we had a good talk and she listened to me and I didn't not that I didn't think she would listen to me but I just felt like I had like I had to prepare myself to constantly defend myself and for some reason I I always feel like I have to keep defending myself or or I have to be really rigid for my staking my claim that I have to always fight for it Um, and it's really really difficult because I don't always want to be that way because it causes it could cause a lot of problems like I don't want to always come off as somebody that um, that it has to be like difficult to deal with and I don't think that I am but anyway we talked and it was really good talk and I know I was able and I guess this is where the growing part comes because I'm like okay well you have felt certain ways about a lot of stuff for a very long time and I actually saw a quote yesterday that really resonated with me and it said something like um if you feel some a certain way about something for 24 hours you got to speak up about it within 48 and I'm like that's a good rule of thumb like that is really really good and I had been stewing over this shit some of this stuff for a long time and the thing that's crazy is when we do that um because I know I'm not the only one who's done stuff like that when we do that it just makes it worse it just festers and it's like a you know under a pressure cooker you're just letting shit build you know it's that passive aggressive issue and we you know we don't want to create waves especially in the workplace or we feel like you know sometimes I feel like people won't have my back or people are going to turn on me because I'm voicing my opinion these might be irrationally irrational sounding things but for some reason I was led to believe that in my conditioning as growing up as an adult. So, you know, and I can see certain places in my childhood where things that are like issues for me now, I can pinpoint certain places sometimes, um, like where these things have manifested from. So I know it's only in a way that I've been conditioned and it's just being adult enough to recognize like listen you have felt this way for over two years and you haven't said anything about it so how is it fair for her to fix anything and this is kind of a conversation she talked about as well you know people using my stuff without asking I'm a big person and it's like and I know when you work in an environment people are different Some people don't give a shit, but it's like, I fucking hate having to be, why do I have to be, like, why do I have to say anything? Like, it's not even because I don't want a confrontation, but when somebody uses all of your product and then leaves the fucking empty container on your shelf, that is 
ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a, that is, I don't want to hear, you know, like, oh, some people are just different. I don't want to hear that. That's bullshit. Because it's like, it's like somebody drinking the last of the milk and putting the goddamn carton away. It's like, you are too old to be doing that. And the fact that you set my empty container back on my shelf, knowing it was empty, knowing that I would eventually come in and find it, is ridiculous. Now, maybe, maybe this person used it thinking, oh, I'll replace it before she gets back. Okay, well, then that needs to be a priority on your list. And this is kind of one of the conversations we were having and why I get so fed up and why I was fed up and on my last straw is because it's like, it's a respect thing. Like, I don't use anybody else's stuff without asking. If I use it without asking, it's returned almost as if it's almost as if it had never been used and I do send out a text saying that I used it. It's very rare that I just leave somebody's hot tools or something product on my station. I put it back. If there's somebody sitting in a chair and I've done color because I had two clients at once, I wipe down the chair. I make it as if I was never there. But there have been times where I've come into work and granted, I'm only there once a week. So I'm not even saying that people can't use my station for an extra processing station or a station for people who want to double up clients. That's ridiculous. Like I'm not there that long. Like obviously that's more than, you know, understandable but it's like when I come back to work and there's shine and jam which is like a thick gel for braiding smeared all over my drawers and on top of my table counter and then there's a speech about oh you guys need to keep your station clean I'm like the hell what the hell like like no that's the stuff that I was getting fired up about and like annoyed it's a respect thing and it's like guys come on but um I do see I do recognize I need to bring this and I told my bosses too I need to bring this stuff up immediately or within 48 hours I'm thinking about it I think 24 hours is a good thinking period and then I can come back in 48 and say listen this is something that's been on my mind can we talk about it? And, you know, I always have this feeling of abandonment. And I'm always worried about that. And I don't know if it's the adoption thing or what. But I'm always afraid that people are just going to write me off. So that's why I keep a lot of stuff inside. And, like, that's why I don't kind of bring certain things up. Or I'm afraid to make waves. But now I'm realizing if you want to cut me off, cut me off. There's, there's no sense in invalidating myself to appease someone who doesn't give a shit about me in the first place to stick around. But what I, but what I do realize and always have realized is that's not the case. I don't have people in my life that would do that. I don't have people in my life that would just... I have people in my life that care about me and wouldn't hurt me like that. And so it's taking a lot for me to relax on that and so like talking today was kind of like you see she didn't she doesn't dislike you and never wants to speak to you again she doesn't blah 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 you can talk to her so I don't know I just feel I left with it on great terms and a new found love I mean I've always loved my boss but I love her even more and my coworkers, I loved them. You know, I was telling her, I was like, I don't want to leave. I love you guys. And I do love being here. But there's certain things and I feel that it's just making it really hard to work here. And so, but now I feel confident that I can have that conversation before it gets to that boiling point or that, that point. So... I'm just glad. It's like a weight off my shoulders and I feel like a million times better. Um, 
So yeah, the school year has been starting off really good. I switched the girls' homeschooling curriculum. Um, to IXL, which is, which, whoa, it's totally dawned on me now that it's the Roman numerals IXL, but if you say it, it's IXL. Wow, mind blown. I'm going to have to tell them that because I'll probably think it's cool. Um, it's a really good program. I, I was paying time for learning, which was like boring as shit. Like, I do not blame them for hating school. Like, they fucking hated it. And I totally get it. I was bored doing that shit with them. This is so much easier to fucking deal with. And that was that time for learning. It was, they were like pulling 60 bucks out of me for the three girls. Now I pay 30 and I only pay 30 because I lumped in Spanish, which I might 86 because we're not really doing that. And I don't know if I want to lump in Spanish as well. Because the only thing I will say that, um, The only thing I would say that Time for Learning was good about was the fact that they had live teachers explaining things in video format rather than like an automated sound system. And so to do Spanish with that is probably going to be kind of contrived. But, um, Ron Forrest, this guy's crossing the street. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good about the school year. We joined a co-op for the first time, which somebody was like, make sure they're not weird. And, like, I totally get where this person was coming from. But at the same time, I was like, girl, like, don't assume everybody's weird because they do homeschooling. Like, you're weird. Stop it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to. This place is fucking bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Storage place. Um. Um, all right, now I get to get ready while I talk to you fine people. This place is packed. This, this band must be good, good. Some 90s cover band. Uh, to, fo, Fool House. My stomach hurts. Fuck. Um, but yeah, anyway, the co-op people I really like, I went to a mother's meetup at Village Squire, which I have to say, I got their French onion soup and that was not good. Um, I know they are prized or they were prized for their French onion soup, but I was not, not feeling it. It was not that good to be quite honest. It was very salty. And normally, you know, I've been dabbling in cheese here and there, and I always pay for it. Um, but it, the cheese was good, but man, it was just like salty as shit. I was like, damn. To the point where it's like, yeah, I can't, did not even finish it, which was fine. Uh, got a salad. And the salad was... I'm putting my eyebrows on, on and I cannot do two things at once. The salad was, what kind of salad was it? Oh, it was some salad where they were, it took me a while to realize there was kale in it. So I was like, why is this lettuce so fucking stale? I was like, oh, it's, it's kale. That's why. 
just that stale kale, that's all. I like kale, but sometimes it's not the time nor place for kale. Or if you're not expecting kale, it can be a rude awakening. Um, so, yeah. So homeschool's cool. The co-op is cool. I think everybody seems really down to earth and nice. It's interesting, too, because I really wanted to find a secular homeschool, which I do believe it is. Um, I'm scared. I'm going to park here and I'm going to get towed. I hope that's not going to happen. I'm pissed. Somebody going to the thing? Uh, and everybody's pretty normal. There are people who are religious there, and I never have a pro ever have a problem with that. That is totally cool. I respect everybody's religion. I respect all of that. Um, so, like, yeah, good for you. Uh, respect it. And I want my girls to meet people of different faiths because we don't walk this world alone and it's it would be irresponsible of me as a parent to uh, not expose my children to people who believe in different things it would be intolerant as well so but nobody, I don't get that psycho-Christian vibe at all, which is good. Because that is something I will not tolerate. Um, like signing a declaration of faith and shit like that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. But, uh... Even the girl, who I think she's pretty religious, um, my co-op, I guess, leader, you could say, she, um, she was saying that, like, she was looking on some homeschool co-op page on Facebook. She was considering joining, and it was, like... Signing a declaration of faith, but also it was like girls six and under. Girls, girls, I don't know the age range. It was something crazy, like eight. Cannot wear leggings. But girls up six and under can wear leggings. And the whole thought process, I guess, was that girls are developing so they can't wear leggings because they have are maturing and have curves and are their bodies are maturing and that's freaking crazy and I was talking to her about it at the table and I'm like you know it's the and, and this is the thing. It's like rules like that doesn't fucking punish the pervert looking at fucking underage kids. It punishes the children because the responsibility of, um, this responsibility is taken. It's not the fault of the child to, to not sexualize children. It's, it's the it's the, the the burden of the adult to fucking realize that they're fucking kids and stop fucking sexualizing children. Period. That's why, like, you know, I was struggling when I was, like, letting my girls wear a bikini. And then I was like, no, dude. Why am I not going to let them wear a bathing suit that they want? Because some fucking pervert's going to be... Like, why is that their problem? Like, they shouldn't be doing the work on on that that's ridiculous and so yeah that's where that conversation went and she agreed with me which is good um okay I think I'm here my car is an absolute mess guys I need to get a detailing 
because it's crazy up in here. Oh God, people are like parking next to me. It's so funny how antisocial fucking millennials are and the, and everybody beneath them. Because I'm like, oh, somebody's fucking sitting next to me. Like at the theater, I'm, I'm considering on like $5 Tuesdays buying the seats around me so I do not have to sit with anybody. I was seeing Nope, and I bought myself a single ticket, and I'm sitting right dead in the center, best seat in the house, and I turn, and I see these two girls walking towards me, and I looked at them, I shot them a look, and I was like, girl, don't you dare. You bought a seat next to a person, next to a single person. What the hell? Do not sit next to me, and they didn't, so that was cool. Okay, well, I'm going to go on and enjoy the show. Pray that my car doesn't get towed. I'm, I'm left to die out here in Woodstock, fucking Illinois. So, I feel like I'm super stressed out. I'm, re, re, I'm on my way to work. I'm restarting this uh, recording because... Dylan's asking me about Robux and she wants all my credit card information and I'm like, listen, I'm driving to work. I can't give you that right now. You're going to need to put a pin in that and I will call you when I get to where I'm going. So I just, um, I'm thinking a lot. I was you know, I'm thinking in my head things that I'm, like, upset about or, like, annoyed about. And, you know, I was also having the thought about, like, and I don't know if you guys are familiar at all about, um, like, non-attachment and attachment theories. And um, so there's some good books, like the Tao Te Ching. A lot of Buddhist books... Buddhism, books on Buddhism and Taoism will talk about this. Uh, the Art of War kind of touches on this too, among other things. They're both great books. I highly recommend you to check them out. Um, but uh, basically, it's the idea of like the only reason we're miserable about anything is because we're still attach, attaching ourselves to something. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, and so in that attachment is the suffering. And, you know, I'm thinking about um, how, how anytime I'm looking at something that might be hard for me or causing me a lot of stress, um, I realize that it's because I'm attached to what was instead of the fact that things change. And I think a lot of people have this issue. I think people have this issue, like, even, like, not on purpose. Like, that we're just so used. We're creatures of habit. We're used to familiarity and things change and people get nervous or anxious or whatever. And so... Uh, how do we... How do we fix that? You know, it's not easy to just be like, oh, well, this is different now. And, you know, I've been studying stuff like this for a very long time. And it's funny because it's taken me a long time to see it in play in my own life. Um, you know, when I read about attachment and non-attachment, it's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But then it's like, it's not like I'm saying, oh, okay, well, I see this here in my life. Like, you know, like having a baby and like some people pregnancy is really, they love it and it's good and blah, 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 blah. I loved being pregnant. And I'm like, girl, you did? I'm like, damn, I do not, I do not like it. But like for an example and like, Maybe a lot of the reason about that is, yeah, we don't feel good. Yeah, we're really tired and this, that, and the other. But maybe there's an attachment to your life and your body beforehand. I mean, it is a big change. And it goes without saying that preparing for a new baby or something like that, it's a big life change. So it's like, 
obviously that would be something that would cause us a lot of stress and anxiety because obviously you have to prepare for a new life and your life isn't yours anymore. And there's a lot of stuff that you have to put behind you or put last, including yourself. Um, So, like, that's just an instance. But, like, or, like, how your body looked before kids and, like, or, like, your kid. Like, I was thinking about, like, I'm, like, there's some things I realize, like, and I don't know how to explain this, but... I'm really attached to the idea about the kids being younger and like Quinn, like I'm realizing like this year there's a lot of changes going on and when your child, you know, cause, cause even like last year in seventh grade, she, you know, it was a change to high school. She's older now, whatever. But this year seems to be kind of a pivotal year. I think it's ramped up more on those hormones and more friends and now we're doing sports so there's more of that and more on her plate which changes her her into more of a quote unquote adult you know now she's got responsibilities and you know I asked her the other day I'm like how's you know I ask her all the time I try to be so involved without being over involved but in school but I want to know how her little life is doing there because I have no idea what it's like as a teen or preteen right now and so I'm always like you know before bed or whatever how's school doing everybody cool everybody nice to you how are your classes is it hard she's like yeah kind of and I'm like what's hard the tests so now in the back of my mind I'm like and I think and I think these little things that bother us get tucked away Like, some things are very present, but I think some things are very, like, shelved in the back of your mind. And then it's like, you're worrying about, especially as a parent, you're worrying about these things in the back of your mind, even subconsciously. And so, like, then I'm like, oh, fuck, this shit's hard for her. Like, not that it's, it's not, it's not bad to be challenged. And I, I, I want to say that because I want her to be challenged because life is challenging. It's challenging all around. So you can't keep them from being challenged all the time. But, um, you know, then I worry about that subconsciously and then kind of in the back of my mind, like the testing is hard for her. Like, um, you know, whatever. Why are you... Um, anyway, um, somebody's waving me into traffic, but I have a red light, so I'm not going to do that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And so, okay, so having said all that, it's like, how can I chill the fuck out, right? Like, so, okay, fine. It's because I'm stressing about how do I, how do you stop that now? And it's like what do I need to do? And it's not as simple as like, Oh, just don't worry about that. And that response to myself and how it doesn't really help. Or I think about if somebody's like, Oh, it's fine. It helps me a lot because I think about that. And then I think about what I say to my kids when they're going through something and I'm like, well, no, it's not fine. Like, don't say that. Like, you know, so I'm like, how do I, how do I validate myself? I've always been the person I think that, um, um, helps other people and gives advice and is an ear for other people. And I definitely have those people as an ear for me, but, um, But I don't know. I don't know if it's like I need... Like, Jordan doesn't... He is not... Uh, well, I, I don't want to say that he's not. Like, there are... I, I don't know maybe if I, I don't get a response that... I, I don't know. Like, sometimes he has an issue communicating. So it's like, I'll say, man, this really sucks today, you know? I'm going through this, this, and that, and this, that, and the other. And it's like, ugh. 
and then it's kind of met with a, which I know he cares about it, but it's like, there's no like, oh man, that sucks. How did you, how do you feel about that? Or like, what do you think about that? So the fact that I don't have that really, I think is a big reason why things are so stressful. And maybe that's something that I need to figure out to detach from things I'm worried about or, you know, stressing over. Um, I also think about, you know, Quinn is doing her volleyball and I'm so proud of her. And I told her, so she had two games so far and one of her game, both games she lost her team lost, not her. The team lost. The way we phrase things is so important. And it's especially important when you're communicating with your kids. And like, I am in no way an expert in communication. There's a long way I have to go, but there are things that make sense. And like, that I'm really trying, I really am like specific about the way I word things sometimes. Um, So, part of the conversation we had, because she left her first game, and they they put her in, and she's short. And I don't think that's anything bad. I her coach brought it up that oh she's short, but we'll do this. It's like that doesn't matter. Like it's kind of good. You're under the ball already. And you're closer to the ground and you're quicker. So it's like, I don't want to hear the height thing because it's like, that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, it's good if you're like standing up at the net and trying to keep the ball from being spiked. But not everybody has that job in volleyball. I had a great time watching them. I used to play volleyball at Abbott in middle school and I wish I had taken it further. I really loved it. So that's something like we've done to bond is practice volleyball together and like, you know, giving her little pointers and tips, which is another thing that I'm very careful about because when she lost, when the team lost, I didn't want to come out of there being the parent that's like instantly spewing out like fixes and advice and like critiques. It's like, let her process that first. And then I'm like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, don't, don't go in there critiquing anything. Don't even say anything besides good job. Because if she wants to be critiqued, she already has a coach I don't need to be the fucking coach. And the list of things that I already appoint myself, coach is not one thing I have to be. So it's like, unless she has asked you specifically, is there anything you think I can improve on? Or not improve on, but you know, what do you think about this? Um, I don't have to say any fucking a goddamn thing. Um... So I didn't, you know, just besides the congratulations. The only thing that I did say, and this was uh, this morning. So I let two games go by. She lost the second game. The team lost the second game. And I come home from work and she's on the couch. and She's kind of like, you know, upset. She seems upset. I didn't ask her if she's upset because I didn't want to start a thing. Or she could have been tired. She could have been in like a list of things, right? So I'm like, just let it go. Don't say anything. But be be like, cool. Like, give her a lot of space. You know, ramp up the empathy and kindness, you know. So like, then this morning, I was like, I need to say this thing to her. And... When Quinn plays, like, her video games, she gets very upset when she loses. She is not one who takes losing very easily. And so what I wanted to communicate with her without it being a lecture was, like, it's okay to lose. 
And we need to reframe maybe what losing is. And I said, you have joined the volleyball team as an eighth grader, not a seventh grader where you get another year of practice, but as an eighth grader, you played a team that has money. And so then it was a side conversation about the privilege of teams that come for money and the resources they have and the resources their players have and XYZ and maybe these kids got volleyball camp over the summer. Maybe this, that, and the other. And and, and to be fair as well, Quinn didn't decide on doing volleyball or I let her stew over it over the summer. It wasn't like, okay, well, let's get you in there. I wanted her to really think about, is this something you want to do? So then school starts and then she decided to do um, volleyball. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm like, so there was that mini side conversation. And it was like, you know, give yourself a lot of grace because you're working really hard. And this is the first and second game of the season and you will win some games. And, like, you are doing your best. And also, like, it's okay to acknowledge that another team is good. And that's part of being a good player is acknowledging the fact that your opponent is good at what they're doing. Because you don't want to be the bitter team. You don't want to be the person who can't be happy for another person's win. It should be graceful, I guess, if that's a good word. I don't know. Gracious, maybe? Um, Gracious. But, like, you don't have to like losing, but, like, you can be respectful to the other team. And so I really wanted to drive that home as well. But just the fact that you're still trying. You're still you're learning like don't take it easy on yourself don't get mad you know like and of course that's easy for me to say and I really try hard not to say don't do this because I'm not having that experience anymore my days in middle school and prepubescence and all that other shit is over so and I'm going through my own shit so it's like I don't have to take that on either but I can be aware of what it was like and acknowledge that because um, my mom and I talked a lot, but we didn't really have talks like this. And so, I mean, some stuff, but I guess we had other talks because stuff like this didn't come up. I was talking to my mother-in-law and, and talking about this subject about Quinn and, and whatever. And she brings up how, you know, Jordan he used to do wrestling and he used to be kind of the same way it sounds. And I'm like, yeah, maybe cause she's like, maybe Jordan should talk to her about that too. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea because I didn't. And she's like, you didn't lose. And I'm like, no, I, we lost, but I just never, I never got mad about it. Like And it wasn't like I liked it, but it was like, oh, well, that sucks. Like, okay, what are we doing now? Like, I just never cared about it. Like, I was really excited, you know, being on a team. Hopefully we win. But, and yeah, it would suck if we lost. But then it's just like, you know, when you're on the bus ride home, at least for me, I'm like, all right, well, that sucked. But hey, that was fun. Like, whatever. So, I just... I just hope that within losing, uh, she, it takes the sting away and that is ultimately what it, what it will do. So, so I think that, but I wonder if there's, you know, there's that attachment to being the winner all the time and getting your way and, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, for her and, or maybe this, it's the idea. I can't even begin to say what is the, the deal, but 
I don't know. I just hope that it's it's a good season for her. And, you know, I'm like, no matter what happens, just have fun. Like, you're with your friends. You know, you're, you're traveling to different schools. That's a new experience. That's fun. Just have fun. And being there and watching uh, the game, I was like, man, if I had known. So before I forget, my um, client was at the door and I had to buzz her in. So that cut off my last segment. But that's okay because it was a perfect time to stop talking. Um, But just remember that if you're having a rough day, just think about the things that you're worried about or stressing about or upset about or sad about. And see if you can't find in there... Um, any clues of attachment or something that you're trying to grasp onto and maybe consider if it's not time to let it go because more than more than likely if it's something that's causing you a lot of stress and anxiety and anguish it's probably a good indicator that you're over it So it's like Saturday, the all the next day. So Saturday, the 9th, the 10th, because my T-Mobile payment came out today. Everything is so expensive, guys. I hope you guys are doing okay with, with, with that because, like, it's crazy how expensive everything is. And it's funny because, you know when I'm working, I, you know, I just had a client the other day and I did her highlighting and hair and it came out to like 200 and something. And she's like, Whoa, that's way more, you know, that I was, you know, expecting. And I'm like, yeah, well, it took a lot of work, you know, and it's not, you know, when I think about, and I understand that. And I'm, I'm also working on how I phrase my pricing the prices come in the confirmation when when I send customer confirmations I send a breakdown of every uh like how long the service will take the services we will be doing and all that in the confirmation text when I send it so and the and like I don't do the way things work now it's like I don't really come in because it's not it's not feasible for me to come in and do a consultation and then have them come back. Um, so what I usually do is they they'll ask for a service and I'll say okay come in on this day and we'll talk then about kind of what we want. I use I usually get a breakdown idea of what they're looking for so I'm I have everything that I might need on hand. And then we kind of talk about it and then fine tune everything. So I'm always perfecting and because I've never been good at a consultation because I never really understood what to listen for. Now that's getting better. And, And it's truly a testament to the idea that you can work in a, some people are naturally gifted with with certain things like hair you know there's people I've worked with that do color and have been phenomenal like especially at hair cuttery there are people there that I worked with at both hair cutteries that were excellent I'm like oh my god you guys have no idea what I'm doing and I think some of that was the fact that I had stepped away from hair for a while I didn't take it seriously in the beginning I was like in and out of jobs I was didn't care much about working I Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Lady. Um, anyway, um, didn't care much about working. I just kind of did. I worked at a great clips and I showed up when I felt like showing up. And kind of like I did show up to work, but I was late a lot. Like I was out partying and hanging out. I was young. So, like, the times where I might have been soaking up all this, and I didn't go out of beauty school. I didn't go to a fancy salon where you got an internship. I mean, I did that a little bit, and then when my internship was over, I didn't end up getting hired on, so I went other places. So, 
you know, I kind of was in and out and then I started having kids and then I started having to make sure that I had real benefits. So that's when I went to Chase. So basically I didn't, you know, get a lot of the, the training, I guess I would have received out of school until very later when I joined hair cuttery. So when I came there, I was like, oh man, some people are really talented and like they know what they're doing. And it wasn't until I left hair cuttery and I was kind of left up to my own devices um, that I learned how to formulate and what makes sense and also how to have a consultation and what that means. And it's just, you know, a long-winded thing of saying it really takes you a long time in your trade to learn and really become good. There are a lot of times I've I've wanted to leave hair. Even even recently, this week, I mean, I was talking to somebody and I'm always like, for some reason, I'm always on to the next thing. Um, there's something that I, I really want to somehow get into tech as a side thing. Like if I could do some work from home stuff here and there to supplement my income and to kind of do work here and there just for like extra money, I would love to do that. And I feel like the tech industry is just throwing money at people, especially women, especially women and women of color. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is a good time to get into that. Like I need to get into it. A lot of times I've jumped on things in and I was too late. And I don't want to do that with this. Like, I want to be able to to work in this field. Um, so I was talking to a, a good friend of mine who's in... She's so awesome. Talk about uh, a powerful, strong woman. Went to high school with her, and she's working in IT. And not just simply IT. She has a really good job, and, and it escapes me what she does, but... The, the point is, is she's got her own employees and she's running, working in tech. And I'm, you know, I always look up to her because she's like, yeah, I can help you. I can help you get into it. So I'm supposed to sit down with her at some point and really kind of take a look at my options and get, you know, pick her brain and get some advice on, you know, what to do. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, It, I always, I always felt like I wasn't good at doing hair. And when I feel like that, it's usually a jump ship option. Like, and, and this case is different. Like it's like the marketing aspect. Owning your own business is so, it's such an eye opening experience, but I'm grateful for it. Like I'm not, I'm not, I really wouldn't have it any other way because it, again, it's a learning curve. It's like until you learn how to do this and, you know, you learn from working in a regular salon, you know, you're pretty much handed all your clients, which is great, but they're never really your clients. You know, if you leave, they can't follow you. You have to leave them there. Um, and some of these people you build such a rapport with and a relationship with over the years that it's crazy that if you, it's not crazy. Like it's totally understandable. Like you have to leave them there. They're, you know, you didn't hunt them down, but it's like you spend so much time with these people. And then if you choose to leave or something happens, then it's like, well, you gotta split ways. And, and, uh, so yeah, so so this time it was like the marketing aspect. I was like, I have to learn how to market myself. And it's not easy at all. You know what? There's this wonderful TikTok sound. It might be a um, real sound as well, but it basically says something along the lines of, because I'm a small business owner, I have to also double as a content creator. And so here's my content. It might not be very good, but this is what you get. And that's kind of what it is. It's like, you're not, you can't just throw an ad 
up on the internet now and just expect people to see it. You have to get creative. You have to compete with other people. And it's always been, marketing has always been a competition game, but you have to really work your ass off to like make something that people are going to see. Um, kind of like I'm, I like, again, I'm still learning and I realize that things like reels and TikToks, they're, they kind of do the work for you too. And I realize that people are digesting reels and TikToks more than regular posts. So it's like, okay, and now I understand that. And so now I understand that I need to post that. And the good thing, I guess, is I can post reels to TikToks and TikToks to reels uh, because I'm lazy and I don't want to make two separate things. Um, not lazy, but it's just te- tedious. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Like, but um, I'm always trying to think of like, how can I be creative? I don't want to really. I want to do something different. I don't know. There's girls in my solo salon that are really good at making content. This girl Cam at KMT Styles. Her name's Katie, too. Um, she's really good at doing, like, the lip-syncing, speaking, vocal stuff. I don't want to do that. Or if I did, I don't know. I'd, I don't know. I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't say no. Because when I say no, I shut opportunities out. So it's not about that. But... Um, but yeah, it's just about like humbling yourself, I guess, humbling myself and admitting again that I know nothing and then working to learn and learning something new so that I can grow um, and being unattached from old ways of doing business and um, getting uncomfortable. Um, it really is true that, and, and it's funny too because when I was thinking about leaving, I'm like, you know, maybe the, maybe I shouldn't do this. Like maybe I, and and I like being a business owner. I like having my own hours. Like I'm going to work today. It's ten. I'm like hell yeah, dude. I'll get out at one thirty. I got a nice little little schedule. I'm like, this is great. Like, hell yeah, man. Like, I'm trying to build up my Saturdays down here in Geneva. So I'm opening up one Saturday a month. I was going to open all Saturdays, but I wasn't getting booked like I liked. So I condensed everybody into one Saturday. And I'll just do one Saturday a month from here on out. Um, So, yeah. Um, but I don't know. And I know I got off on some, some, I, I started somewhere completely different than where I'm at, at now as far as talking about what I'm talking about. But yeah, I'm sure you guys have come to realize that's just how we do here in ADHD town. Um, I found this ADHD account on Instagram. They actually wanted to follow me. So I'm like, oh, we'll see about that. Um, because I hate the spam that you get and the bots that you get on social media. It drives me insane. Like I have all these random followers on TikTok and they're like not even real people. Like they're just, and it's like, what is the purpose? Like, what is the purpose? Don't you want people following you? I'm not going to follow you if you're not a real person. So it's like, how does that work out in your favor? But anyway, um, but it's of all these ADHD memes, and they're so relatable. And um, one was interesting. One was like, you know, it's the one where two kids are drowning, or one a girl is drowning, or a kid is drowning. A, a little boy is in his floaty at the edge of the pool, and there's an adult catching him, and the other kid's drowning in the in the foreground. And like the adult is psychiatrist. And the boy, you know, jumping in is the boy with ADHD. And the the kid drowning or the girl drowning, it's girls with ADHD. And then it's like split level. And then at the bottom is adults with ADHD. Like submerged underwater, dead, and a skeleton. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty... Seems spot on because... 
when I often hear about parents talk about who needs to be on medication, not needs to be, but like anytime a parent's like, oh, I need to, I, I need to get some so-and-so evaluated for ADHD. It's always a boy. Always. Um, I don't think I've ever heard. I don't know that I've ever heard a parent say, I need to get my daughter evaluated for ADHD. Um, oh my God, no, hurry up. I don't want to wait for these people. Fuck. There's like some sort of walk, 5K maybe, and I need to get to the bridge before they get there so I don't have to wait for them. Hurry. <laughs> I hate it. Fuck. I did it. I did it. I did it. Woohoo. There's like a long line. There's no way I can wait for these people to cross the bridge. No way. Um, anyway, but yeah, being an adult with ADHD, is like a whole new thing. And I realized that maybe I should go to therapy for that. Like maybe I should, cause I think that's probably also a lot of my problems. I think it's like unchecked ADHD, but I'm not taking medication. So I don't know if I spoke about this earlier and if I did, forgive me, but I was taking an SSRI for a little bit. Um, like very briefly, like five days brief and I have a lot of anxiety. And so my doctor's like, well, try and back in the day, same doctor that prescribed me the Wellbutrin, but I, I talked to her more about it instead of like having her throw a pill bottle at my forehead. So I, I was like, okay, this sounds good. Okay. It's a very low dose. Got it. Cool. So I, I started taking it. And I, what I will say about it is that I still believe that if somebody is in need of medication for mental health, it is absolutely necessary to take it. Absolutely. I will say that it made me so nauseous that I couldn't continue taking it. I'm like, I can't go through another day of this. I can't take care of four kids and sit my ass on the couch all day until the nausea and like, not even just, oh man, I feel queasy. Like, oh, like horrible stomach cramps and like nausea, just everything. And you couldn't eat anything. And it just felt gross. I'm like, I'm not going to do this. Like, this is not worth it for me. This is not working out. What I will say though, is around the fourth day, I began to notice a change I noticed it working. I... I noticed... I was on my way to a birthday party for a friend's daughter. And I remember I'd taken my pill. I was looking at some post on Instagram. And I was like overcome with like a sense of warmth and I don't like compassion maybe is the word but I was like wow I haven't felt this in a very long time I haven't felt this feeling in a very long like maybe I've never been overcome by this feeling. So I, um, I want some coffee, but I, I don't see myself making it in time and then being on time for my client. And that sucks. I guess I I could probably see if Corner Bakery has coffee. They have a little attitude problem over there and it's not just not just by me. You got your blinker on, buddy. You're not turning? Okay. Uh, it's not just um, me who kind 
I noticed is that I had a client actually who lives very far from my salon, drive all the way back out to my salon to go there. go to um, Salvation Army and drop off these clothes. Um, ooh! Oh my god. That big, big B coffee, I think I'm going to try to go in there. It says do not enter, but I'm entering. Sorry. Uh, if you've never been to a Busby or Big B coffee or whatever the freak it's called, they're delicious. Like, we went there when we were vacationing in Michigan and we stopped at this little teeny tiny shack. So cute. drive through thingy. And oh my God, their coffee was delicious. They have great vegan options. They're open. Oh my God. Sorry y'all. I'm about to ditch y'all and run into Big B because I'm going to be late uh, to work. Oopsie. So I got my coffee from Bugs Bugby, Bisby, I don't know, Bugsby. Um, it's okay. I um, got a white chocolate with coconut milk, and it's okay. Their cream foam is really good because I got, we got like butter, we have some like butter bear, which is like butterscotch and something else. I don't know. Very sweet, but it's it's definitely a change up from Dunkin' and Starbucks, so I'm, it's cool that I was glad that they were there. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna cut this episode off because I feel like it's getting a little out of control with just random stuff, and I don't want to like drone on for a long time. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much for listening. Um, I hope you have a really good weekend and a good rest of your week getting into fall here so it's about to be a cozy september hopefully hopefully it stays warm for a while and uh keep doing your best you know i'll see you guys later love you